Harbor Covenant Church has been an active church in Gig Harbor since 1980. And even beyond Gig Harbor, we've built relationships with people and organizations around the globe. Our podcast series, Harbor Cove Tales, serves to highlight and explore stories throughout the generations of the many people who call Harbor Cove home. Lifetime friendships are hard to come by, but if you're blessed enough to have a few, they make all the difference in the world, especially ones that pray for you every week. For the past 40 years, Joanne Cochran, Dalen Mason, Kathy Gates, and Sandy Anderson have developed one of the deepest friendships we've ever heard of. We call them the Prayer Ladies because they've committed to meeting together every week for years to pray for each other, for their families, and for our church. Through life's greatest moments and hardest challenges, the experiences they've shared have forged bonds that have stood the test of time, right up to the present day. Here are some of the stories these women have to share after many years of life, service, and prayer. Good morning, ladies. Thanks for having me over. It's good to be with you. Let's go around and just kind of introduce ourselves. Um, Kathy, why don't we start with you? I'm Kathy Gates, and um, when we moved here in January of 1980, I started searching for a church. And after going to several, I saw the advertisement in the gateway about Harbor Covenant Church. I had never heard of a covenant church, so... I told my husband and kids to all stay home because I had no idea what I was getting into. And once I went, met at the funeral home, I never left because it was home. And Michael asked us to talk about how we see God work among us at Harbor Covenant Church. I've seen many, many wonderful things over the years, but the thing right now that is really important to me is how generous um, money-wise the people at Harbor Covenant are. Um, Jerry and I have gone to India many, many times to teach um, biblical reconciliation, and during those teachings, we've met a lot of missionaries Christian missionaries and become very well acquainted with many of them during, after which they think that we have a lot of money. <laughs> so they start asking for the things they need. And, um, this past year, 2021, we have sent over $21,000, not Jerry and I, but the church as a whole, I counted at least 20 people that have given in 2021 just for special special needs. Um, we've given, the church has given thousands of dollars to build Rohingya shelters out of tarp and bamboo. We've, we've sent money for salaries for women who teach sewing classes for the village women so they can start earning some money. We've bought computers. We've paid medical bills. Um, in fact, I have a list of all the things we've done, and it's just it's just really astounding how people have stepped up. Uh, we've sent a lot of money for food and rent for village pastors who don't earn money. They just live on faith. We have bought health insurance. We've, oh my goodness, computers, 
Bibles for village people who don't have any money to buy Bibles. And just the spirit of generosity that we see in this church is absolutely amazing. And I thank God for each and every one of them. Hi, I'm Daylin Mason. And um, I have, we have been, my husband and I and family actually originally have been at Harbor Covenant um, as part of the founders of the church. Um, we came over originally from um, Tacoma, the Lutheran Church over there, and it was actually Tom and Carolyn Holdike that were the ones that got this group together to get a church started in the harbor. So we um, came, started the church with them and met as a handful of people in our living room for a while and um, looked at calling a pastor and trying to imagine how in the world it was all going to come together. Um, eventually, we had the choir singing in our home. And uh, eventually, we did hire a pastor, Ernie Hansen and Barbara. And, um, and in the beginning, we all had different jobs to do. Um, multiple jobs to do, I should say, actually. We... Um, I, there was a point at which <clears throat> I led the youth in our church, which is kind of comical because I really didn't know what I was doing. I went online and figured out some things to do with kids, and I read my Bible and read some <clears throat> things to do. And uh, I always remember one boy in particular who was this nicest young man, but he would fall off his chair every time we prayed. <laughs> it was just a, a trying to get attention. <laughs> anyway, and I always wondered what happened to him. I'm not sure. The Holdike boys, of course, were in that group, and our um, girls, two of our girls, at that point. And, uh, anyway, it was just always an adventure. Um, I guess I, I had never been in a church until the Tacoma church. So I was really a new Christian even then when we came out here to Geek Harbor and I learned so much over the years. Um, we had, um, Ernie was a good pastor, um, and it's been, it's been wonderful to me to see the changes that have happened in our church since that time. We've had several different pastors, um, but I remember a point at which the church now, under the leadership of Michael, um, when we started doing some things that that made the church more inviting to the younger generation because there were so many churches around us that um, were dying because they were a lot of older people and no younger people. And uh, it's that, that's been just, that was really a revelation to me to see how that all came about and all of us kind of taking part in in making those changes and being more, reaching out to people more. Um, as someone who is an introvert, that's always that's been a challenge for me, but I've grown through that too, so that's been good. Um, I just love our church. Um, it does feel like family. Um, I don't know everybody well. 
I happen to know these three ladies very, very well because we have been meeting for about 38, 39 years, right in there. And when we all came together, uh, we each had struggles that we came with. And we came together because um, a gal named Carol Flannery asked us to meet together. And I think she saw something, she saw needs in us and thought it'd be really good if we met and prayed together. And we started doing that, you know, without really knowing each other well. And um, that's, that's been something that has just grown to be so precious to each of us over the years and able to share things that you can't share anywhere else. You know, I mean, other people, we know other people and they know us in the church, but it's not the same as with some people you meet with once a week for ever feels like. Um, so if anyone wants to know anything about any of you, they should ask us. Yes, right. right. <laughs> I'm Joanne Cochran, and I came from Rolling Hills Covenant in Palos Verdes, California, and moved here north when Gordon and I married. And our first attendance at this church was in December, the last Sunday of the month or the year of 83, and have never left. And we started in this group, and it's just been a wonderful blessing. But it's this church that is amazing to me, and what over the years we have done. It's this group of people decided early on that we were not going to use our property and build a huge sanctuary, but we were going to have sanctuaries in different territories. We have our central campus, and, and North Campus, and we just added Bremerton, and we're so happy to have Bremerton join us. But it's not just the campuses here. It's the outreach that our little group of people have done by going into Alaska and going into India and going into Istanbul, Turkey. It's just wonderful how our congregation have responded to these and other places, these places, and reached their need. And we have to remember that this whole church started with a handful, just a handful of people, and all places they met in a mortuary. <laughs> and we are the kingdom of God. I'm Sandy Anderson. And it's funny you should mention Carol Flannery, Dalen, because Carol Flannery and Mike had a lot to do with our making our first trip to that mortuary um, in 1982, I think. Um, Steve and I had experienced the loss of a child, and we were uh, brokenhearted, and we were invited to dinner to our next door neighbors who happened to have the flanneries there. I see now that was no accident, but I didn't know it at the time. And the flanneries were talking about this new church that they're going to, a small, intimate church, a news church. And so that gave Steve and I the courage to try this small church, even though it met uh, in a mortuary, um, which was not an easy place to go. But when we went... Um, we knew it was our church right away, our first church, as I might add. 
Um, I have made a few notes because <clears throat> I can be kind of a rambler. So I'd like to start out with my notes and then we'll go from there. Um, uh, I came to this church, a newborn Christian, almost exactly 40 years ago, um, knowing almost nothing about the Bible or prayer or church community or service or giving of actual money. Um, and I was raised up as a Christian in the loving care of the people in this church. Um, and I think the most personal way I've seen God's work among us here at Harbor Covenant is through the relationships that have happened over the years. Um, and today I have 40 years now of history um, witnessing how God grows his people in the church, in the church family, and um, brings about changed hearts and changed lives for his own purposes. Um, we were 40 people when Steve and I wandered in there that day, um, meeting in the chapel of the Haven of Rest Mortuary Cemetery. Um, and it was a particular blessing to be a new Christian in a new church. Um, because as Dalen said, or somebody said, everyone had a job to do. There were too many jobs and not enough people. So even the new kids on the block, like Steve and I, um, there was no sitting in the back row and slipping out of church as soon as the service was over. Um, <laughs> we were shepherded straight into Sunday school where we uh, were part of a discussion of led by Tom Holdike, remember, uh, after the service. And we had the great pleasure of hearing Don Cochran ask the questions that nobody else had the courage to ask. <laughs> oh, Steve just loved that. It endeared him to the church completely. Um, and then after church, we'd be handed a vacuum cleaner or a toilet brush, and we had to clean up after ourselves because that was our job, is to leave the mortuary exactly as we had found it. Um, and I so remember when Ernie and Barbara asked us what our gifts were, and I had no idea what they were talking about. If they'd said talents, I would have understood, but I didn't know what he meant by gifts at that time. But soon found myself on the elder nominating committee when I didn't even know what an elder was. <laughs> and we had two elders at the time. And Steve ended up uh, doing a lot of work in finance and helping find the property for the new church, things that you wouldn't be doing if you were a new member um, in a new Christian in a small church. So I'm just really grateful today for God's gift of raising us up in the church family and then entrusting us with the privilege of helping to raise up other people in the church family. Um, and then he sends us out to be his people here in Gig Harbor and all over the world, as uh, Kathy and Dalen and Joe have mentioned. So it's wonderful to have the retrospect of these years and get to talk about it together. All right. The first question I have for you all is what have you really enjoyed about this group? How has it benefited your marriage, your family, your faith? Tell us a little about that. It's kind of like we've grown up together. You know, when we first met, we had kind of teenage type children and families. And so we've watched our kids prayed each other's kids, grandkids, 
even some great-grandchildren, um, and we've just done life together. And um, But in the context of, of, um, of our faith, and so it, it's turned out to be that our conversations would share with each other what, what things were going on in our hearts. But then I learned from these three always how to then, together, we'd turn them over to God. And um, I think all of us would say that there's been no crisis that we haven't gone through together and no celebration that we haven't gone through together. And times when things are so rough for one, the other of us, that you can't pray very well. And it's so nice to have people pray with you and over you. And also another thing that's wonderful about having a prayer support group is that you ask for things, you are concerned about things, but sometimes the answers get lost. Here there's accountability to see what the answer is and to rejoice in that and be thankful. And a time of remembering of past answers to prayer that sometimes we can overlook because they just sort of happen. And I know when I started with this group, I was in I was in a crisis situation with one of our kids, and I really, really needed other people to be praying for me at that time. Because as Dalen said, a lot of times you're just so deep into it that you don't even know how to pray. And to know that there's three other people that know exactly what's going on. And we have shared some really, really deep things and things that we wouldn't share with just anybody that have been, I I love this group and I, I'm so glad that we've had this together for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And well, even not in quite those, that long. Yeah. Even in those times when when and there are times when church hurts you know church doesn't always do exactly what you want it to do when you want it to do it and there's a time when you question things and i know me growing up into a christian i went through times when i disagreed with my church and i had to learn to agree to disagree and i always had this balancing act here because any time we would bring something up we had all this wisdom that would come in and help me get my self turned around and on the right path again. Yeah. Get your perspective. Get my perspective yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we've been very careful not to be guidance counselors. Fixers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we are listeners and prayers and not advisors. Mm-hmm. Unless we're desperate, of unless, course. <laughs> unless. <laughs> and also we're accountable to each other in that Um, What we discuss and talk about is not shared. It's shared with each other here, but not out and about. And I'm rather a closed person. And I learned with these three ladies how to open up and share. And it wasn't easy, but I learned it. Thank you, all of you. And, And just to have a place to put... Those deep things, you can't, I mean, you can talk with your husband, but it's so nice to have women that you know are praying for Mm -hmm. you and know, you know, just like with our daughter right now, Katie, who's with us, was the first baby in the church. 
and um, and now at this point, they've watched her grow up and do all kinds of different things, and now to have cancer, and now to um, have some other struggles that she's going through, and just a safe place to mm-hmm. put that without mm-hmm. worrying about that you're going to be. I don't know. You're judged. never alone. Never alone. Yeah. Well, and never not alone. judged. And not judged. Right. Yes. Right. Just accepted right. and not mm-hmm. criticized or judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I got another question for you. What do you hope for younger generations or, or do you have any advice for the younger generations? Yes. I would say if you are, I'm thinking of the young moms that need support and encouragement, find a group that you can be comfortable with and start a group like this where you can support each other and encourage each other. And it's just, it will be a blessing through your years. And I think the thing that comes to my mind is staying. Just stay with your church family, even when things don't seem right, you know, or you don't like something stay, see it through, be, be with us. Um, and not just what you think you want all the time, but, you know, we've gone through some, some struggles in the church, but we've all stayed because it's our family. And I just, to me, that's so important. You don't have to make new families, you know, if you change churches, church hopping, because gosh, I don't like the music or, I don't like the sermon that the pastor gave that day, but be consistent. That's yeah. I would say alongside that, Kathy, um, just that there's no perfect church. Right. And we can look at other Christians and say, you know, that person's a Christian. (laughs) You know, I can think of a couple people that aren't even with us anymore, that there were times when I kind of wondered, wondered (laughs) about them, but then I'd see another side to them and think, oh my gosh, that, you know, something about them was wonderful. And then I think, I wonder what somebody's thinking about me, but you know, um, the thing is that it's like a family and in a family, we're not all great all the time. And the (laughs) only one we can look to that's going to be perfect and God is God. Mm -hmm. So don't Mm -hmm. expect anyone else in your life to be that way. Right. Right. Especially (laughs) your pastor. No person, (laughs) no person or church is perfect. If that's what you're looking for, you will not find it. And I would just underline too, what Kathy said about, um, just hanging in there with church and being part of the evolution of the church. And because churches have to grow up into families too. Um, I remember when I was a young Christian and I found out that we didn't have women elders and that we wouldn't nominate wielding elders. I got really uppity about that. Um, <laughs> she did. <laughs> my feminist <laughs> characteristics. I had some conversations with Ernie about feminism and he said, are you a feminist? And, um, <laughs> You know, I was excited about that, and I couldn't understand. And Ernie kept counseling me because I, to to just wait and watch. We were not there yet, but we will be there yet. And um, it took quite a while, um, but you know, we arrived there, and um, that was such a lesson for me to learn on 
just walking with the church as we evolve with life and change. And it's, um, it's staying with it. Mm-hmm. I would just add to something that popped into my mind. Um, find a way to be, become a part of the church. And, you know, I know we're big on small groups, which is, which is what this is really. Um, and then we usually belong to another small group, but I think, um, you know, we have to get to know each other and we have to contribute, you know, like he says in Ephesians, we're a body of believers and we have to work together, um, to make things happen and support one another. And, uh, anyway, I think that's important to remember. I had a wonderful mentor once who said that the big church was the secondary church, but the primary church was the small groups of people. And I guess that would be my advice along with Joe's too, is to find a small primary church within the big church where you can be um, intimate relationship with another person. Why do you think prayer is so important? Well, without prayer, none of it makes any sense because prayer brings God into the conversation. And sometimes our prayers aren't just exactly the traditional form of pray. I think our conversations are prayers too, because God is in the room. We are here because he is present with us. And so without the concept of prayer, God isn't we aren't aware of God's presence, but when we are in a, in, when our mind speaks in prayers and our conversation speaks in prayers, then God is present with us and we are able then to listen to each other and hear his voice at the same time. Yeah. And I, I think as we get older, we have more and more clear understanding that we have no control. We can't control our kids. We can't control our grandkids. And only God can change people and situations and circumstances that we we can't. So we have to depend on God's presence and power in not only our lives, but in the lives of our children and our grandchildren and our friends. So without prayer, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. If something looks hopeless or it's just very difficult to go through, um, we know that God, you know, we w- we're watching what Katie's going through with her struggle, and um, he's really doing a good work in her, and I just see a, a lot of wonderful changes happening there. And sometimes when I leave, especially this group, sometimes with a tear or sometimes I'm still laughing— it's like the tears and the laughter are simply God's presence in our prayers. And um, I guess, so we meet here to pray, but in a way our prayers are going on all the time. And I remember when Barbara um, Hansen said that to me once, way back in the, in the day, uh, she said something about... Um, God tells us to pray constantly. She said, I'm just going to do that today. 
She was in a bad mood. I says, how do you do that? Because I pictured, you know, down on your knees, hands bent. But I think slowly over the years, I've come to understand that prayer is constant, Joe. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. said. Even when you're listening to someone talking to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine Gig Harbor's changed over the years. What do you think has given Harbor Covenant its consistent presence in our town? We are a biblical church without being a fundamentalist church. Um, we stay close to scripture. We The emphasis is on loving God and loving people. And the hospitality, too, of our church, I think, is really important, that we're very careful to be welcoming and um, and hospitable to new people who come. And so they immediately feel comfortable. And the sermon is always centered on Scripture. And I just, I think that's calming and helpful and good so that people are comfortable, so they don't feel like they have to keep hopping around looking for a different place. Yeah. And being involved in our community mm-hmm. is a Definitely. huge part yes. of it. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Our church, we have walls, but they aren't really there because it in- includes the whole community. Mm-hmm. We invite people and... and um, I don't think we manufacture welcoming them. We right. really mean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can cut this if you want, but the other thing I love about our church is that we're not political. <laughs> oh, yes, that's huge. <laughs> right now, I think yeah. it's really huge. Till we learn how to talk to one another. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen. And, and listen. And we can love one another despite of our political points of view. Our differences. Our differences, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't get in the way of our loving each other. Yeah. I can remember in the early years when we'd have business meetings, and I mean sometimes they were, people were very strong (laughs) feeling and what they were, and they were, it was like this, but we never left without be loving and kind to each other, even though we had strong feelings. And there's something welcoming and accepting in our church that I don't know how to put into words, except that I know that I've never walked in. Even sometimes, you know, you think, oh, I don't want to go to church today. I just want to stay home and have another cup of coffee. But I've never walked into our church and not felt lifted by the time I came out. No matter what it was like when I, no matter what my mood or my thoughts were when I walked in, they were always elevated when I walked out. And and that has to sustain a church when they can have that aura about it that brings you into God's presence. Thanks for doing this. Is there is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? I worked in the church for 20 years, and even all those 20 years it was always positive. I mean, there were hardships. There were times that people struggled and people got angry and they left. And But, but the core, the core of love and caring for one another and 
like our meals ministry and our prayer chain ministry. And there's so many ministries that we have that are, that, that bind us together. And I just, I love that about our church. Not only are we, my concern always is, is outreach, but we also are bound together as a church family. And I just, I don't, I just love Harbor Covenant. I always have from the moment I walked in until probably the day I die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, gosh. Yeah. I love, I, you know, we've had, what, four different lead pastors and they've all been good in their own, their own way. And I just, I love what Michael has brought also to the church and his leadership has been amazing. I think the pastors, um, when they came, because we prayed so much on finding the pastor that we needed, our church needed a dimension of different growth than what we were going, and that person came and met that. I do love, too, that we're an evolving church, to look back over 40 years to see the changes and the hiccups and the one step back and then two steps forward. Um, over the years, that just builds up an incredible uh, accountability and trust of the church that you're in. Well, thanks, Joanne and Dalen and Kathy and Sandy. I appreciate you taking time to share your stories and perspectives. But I also want to thank you for your faithfulness to, to prayer over the years. I know our church has benefited from all of you. So join us next time as we highlight more people who call Harbor Cove home as they share their Harbor Cove tales. Mm-hmm.